let's look at really what a child needs. Everybody should be able to recognize a child needs love. So if everybody can agree on that, then let's start looking at it from the standpoint of, well, if those children look different, should we treat them different? No. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things Black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Wouldn't you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham? Well, the link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. After a career as a business analyst for Fortune 100 companies, Lorenzo McFadden saw an opportunity to shift his focus by accessing funding from No Child Left Behind initiatives to develop after-school programs that spanned 17 counties in the state of New Jersey. As a business strategist, McFadden parlayed that experience into two successful enterprises that continue to support youth and families. As founder of the Thrive Network, his company provides in-home therapy services to families in several New Jersey counties. And an American training center, his team trains frontline health workers and provides the only federally approved apprenticeship program for certified medical assistants in South Jersey. Welcome to the show, Lorenzo. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Black Wall Street today is all about business. Love, uh, love these conversations. They are networking opportunities for those that that tune in. And for me, I'm just like <laughs> I'm all ears as well. I'm growing my business, so uh, I'm excited to have you, Lorenzo. So let's talk about the Thrive Network. I actually have a, a background in mental health and have done some of this some of this work. What was the why now for this company for you? Okay, um, well, you know, I, I just transitioned from um, going to uh, being in corporate to going into education, you know, and really I went back to a school that I attended as a youth in an urban environment, um, Camden, New Jersey. And during that experience, you know, I, I got exposed to some of the challenges, looking at it not from a student perspective, but now as an adult and being able to look back and seeing that. Um, mental health was a major missing piece in the community. Um, majority um, Black and Latino community right now. Um, you know, there are a lot of different barriers around that. I won't get into that too much, but um, within that, I saw an opportunity. And it actually started for me with seeing access to in-home services, which is something that's not, that may be unique to New Jersey, you know, in the sense that we are able to send therapists into the homes in crisis situations to work with the families over a period of time that may be eight weeks to 12 weeks and from my perspective you know i had households that i was working with that they only had maybe somebody possibly didn't even graduate high school so you know i I looked at it as the exposure just being able to put somebody with a master's degree in that room on a weekly basis to help before I really even fully grasped the concept or the un- understood how valuable the actual mental health piece was, because I also grew up going to the barbershop, or you know, and that was kind of your process. But now being able to see um, getting um, professional services in there, and part of the goal when we created Thrive was that we would bring the best services to the communities that needed them the most. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why now is the time as far as me looking at that direction and, um, you know, getting things started. Mm-hmm. And is that the innovation as you see it, uh, the in-home component 
or are you working on some specific methodologies with the with the children? Talk to me about that part of it. Because I've worked as an, as an in-home counselor, right? I'm thinking about the families that I work with. It was absolutely the case that I was coming in as this, you know. Um, and there were some challenges with that. It wasn't all gravy because I was there, you know. And a lot of times it was. <laughs> but, you know, it was it still beat the alternative, me not being there, you know, and some of the, the other dynamics that they were experiencing. So so talk to me about the, the what you see as the innovation in this kind of uh therapeutic dynamic well i'll start with looking at it from the standpoint of trauma because that's something that was is is pervasive with our client base and so you know when 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 we looked at that for children in particular because that's our sweet spot and we're what we're most known for we focused on um creative arts and play therapy so we have art therapists, music therapists, drama therapists, and then pe- people that are trained in traditional play therapy. And we make sure before they even start, if they haven't been exposed to one of them, that we give them one exposure to one of those areas. And usually it's play because that's kind of our foundation. Sure. Um, and when I say play, you know, it, it, it goes beyond, um, you know, just kind of sitting there playing the game with each other, but it's understanding the messaging and the things you're teaching them through that process, the things that they're observing in that process, and then able to come back and kind of address for that youth. So, you know, we're integrating even um, sand tray is something that is a very um, common model for us because it allows that youth in their own time to kind of tell their own story. Mm-hmm. And But we have to have people in there who can interpret that and who understand it well. So um, we really wanted to make sure our staff was felt supported and that they're trained well, so then that in turn they can go out in the field and make sure that they're providing high quality services too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I take it out of this, um, the Thrive Institute was born. Yes. So, and I, I'll give you the quick rundown. So, Where Kids Thrive was the our flagship company, and that's where we kind of started with working with the children and families in homes. But then, where families thrive became our outpatient sort of entity. So that's where we work with Medicaid and provide services directly to the community. Um, Thrive Anywhere really, you know, that's more of our telecide, but Thrive Institute bridged the gap for me. You know, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur to some extent, I guess. So when I looked at it, I said, wow, this is the opportunity for me to start bridging the gap between American Training Center, which is a school that does the training, and the Thrive Network because we were able to collaborate and um, provide um, mental health first aid training. So I used school to be able to get the grants, but I used Thrive to be able to deliver the service. So I was able to start pulling those connections together. And I think that's a lot where that innovation has to come in, is being able to pull in those different resources and get the best value out of them for that opportunity. Yeah. And so I, I know you've got this immense corporate background, right? Um, no doubt operating as an entrepreneur, right? Climbing kind of the corporate ladder and so forth. What was the tipping point for you where you kind of said, I'm going, I'm going entrepreneur? For me, it was purpose. You know, and I know that's, I don't know, maybe that's corny, but it was, for me, it really was, I hit a point where I looked at it and, you know, I'd worked as an actuary and a business analyst and you know, I've realized that I was generating the bill 
these, you know, to just build into these monstrous entities. And I wasn't always satisfied with what they were giving back to the communities that they worked in. And so I felt like if I was going to make change in that area, I needed to be part of it. And, you know, that, whew, that it took being somewhat fearless to some extent because yeah. you're walking away from what you know and going into a zone that you don't. And mm-hmm. there's so much you don't know when you're coming in because you have your expertise mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're bringing to the table, but then it's all those other components. And that's why companies have all those departments as they grow. <laughs> and you're kind of all those departments in one until yeah. you can get that capacity. So, um, yeah, it was really just feeling like I had, I don't want to say burnt out, but I really just wanted to feel like my work was going towards something. And recently I figured out what it was and it's just building things and helping people. Yeah. Kudos to you. Thank you. You know, cause I think, um, you know, I think a lot of us get to that point, you know what I mean? And not everybody answers that call to say, eh, let me get out of here, you know? And, and there may be different reasons why that has to be the case. You know, maybe I'm staying because, you know, I need the level of comfort and security that is being provided by this. Maybe I have a family and I don't want to, you know, there could be reasons. Um, but I think for those of us that do make that leap, particularly if we're able to successfully <laughs> make that leap and, and transition into something that does become, you know, valuable to the community, then it's a blessing to be able to do that. You know, it's, it's a real blessing um, and an inspiration to folks that are still there in corporate, knowing that they need to do a thing too, when they're able to look at somebody like you and see what you put together. Um, I'm happy to share what I can. You know, I often sit down with um, guys that I grew up with and I talk, I constantly would tell them about things I was doing, you know, and I know they probably were like, why are you bothering me with it? But I knew I was giving them information and I was giving it to them real time. And I, and I was giving them the real, the real, you know, I was I was showing in the yeah, I, my car just broke down on this street and I still got to get to this meeting. You wouldn't believe that happened today. And I got this on the line. You know, I, I showed them the good and the bad and, and, and let them because I wanted to inspire them to make their jumps and to know what they were getting into and to be better at it. You know, and I think that's the other thing. You, you, I'm hoping that more people have that spirit of wanting to. I don't mind people doing better than me. Like that's not such a. I think it's good. I'm I'm excited, especially if they're good people, because then then that means I have somebody who can help me. In yeah. a sense, so you know, I think being able to um, give that to them, and um, you know, hopefully have them in turn then give it to other people, and just continue to grow that network, so we're all not competing against each other but figuring out how we can work together and collaborate Mm -hmm. yeah if you just tuned in this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today I'm talking with serial entrepreneur Lorenzo McFadden uh, and I, I I raised that because you mentioned it earlier I know there's another company that you've established let's talk about that entity as well all right so it's American Training Center um we are a private vocational training school um, we are approved by the Department of Labor, and um, you know we have one of the only federally approved apprenticeship programs in South Jersey for medical assistants. And you know, what our primary demographic tends to be single mothers right now because healthcare was is where we started. 
Mm-hmm. And then this year, we've made the transition into IT. And that was done deliberately because we, we wanted to bring more males in. Mm-hmm. And we found, and we actually ran into the, uh, uh, an expert who really in that field. So it, the synergy was just there. We were kind of looking for something that would bring more males in. And then this person became available and it just created that pathway. So um, that's where we kind of expanded on there. And we've done training in several different states now in, with different contracts and we've done some training for Amazon. I know when you hear about the uh, Amazon saying, yeah, we can transition people, things like that. Well, we were one of those <laughs> transition places. Um, and, you know, we continue to do that work. But the thing that we hang our hat on and that we're proud of is our employment rate. That's where, you know, that's where we, and we, and we stay above 80%. And that's because we stay connected to our students. We understand or understood they needed more than just training and get out the door. We knew they needed some wraparound services to support them if it was access to different things um, or getting connected to different types of things. And where you can see some of that crossover, or for me was that, you know, how often did I see those young women lose their jobs because they had to leave for their children because their children were having problems at school. Then Thrive was right there. (laughs) Then all of a sudden we started Reading in a component of mental health support into the class and it's done more from a self-regulation standpoint so that you know because some of the challenges were people just not knowing how to respond to difficult situations well so we start there it's a soft introduction but then if they need more support they're able to say listen i'm having some challenges with my child and then we can set them up on the side then when that person starts working, they already had that support system in place. So we're setting people up to be successful and we're, and we're not just taking advantage of them, which is what I would often see in the communities that I worked in. You know, people would come in, sometimes they would have good intentions, sometimes they wouldn't, you know, but in both cases, we saw a lot of people take money and not really help the community. So, you know, for me, it's about figuring out how to funnel it back in and make sure we're giving back. Yeah. Lorenzo, I want to ask you kind of a big question now. And when I say big, I mean more of a macro question, you know. Sure. And a lot of times um, people think about the, the state of the Black community, right, or what it means to be Black in America or however you want to term it. Um, you get kind of overwhelmed, right? You might decide, you know, I want to go for something that's going to end racism. I want to create something that's going to end the school to prison pipeline, right? I want to do something that's going to have a definite impact on the entire Black community. Um, When I look at what you've put together, this ecosystem of of services that you are providing, um, I see vision, right? Uh, you, you you mentioned purpose, right? I know that this was, that you were thinking about, okay, well, in what way am I able to make a difference, right? I can do, I can make a difference. I might not do all the things, but I'm able to make a difference. And so with that vantage point, what would you say to someone who's kind of wrestling with that macro dynamic? You know, of course they have the capacity to do anything, but it could be, it could be limiting them. Because if they can't do the one thing that's going to, you know, how, how do you contend with those kinds of individuals when you, when you meet them? I think it's starting with a piece that you can manage. And, you know, I think 
and I'll say from my own experience, you know, the work that the primary work of the businesses I work with is not my expertise, quite frankly. I mean, you know, I am not a healthcare trainer or I don't treat, you know, healthcare workers and I am not a therapist by training. You know, I'm my, my degrees in business. But what was key was I, I was a, I partnered with people who were passionate mm-hmm. about what they do. You know, so I have two a partner at those business and it put their experts at those fields. One, I have a workforce development expert and a LMFT clinical person trained all over the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, having those relationships and being able to sort of feed into those individuals and, and kind of build around them to start building the system I was trying to, I guess, create. Um, it, that's what kind of gives me that hope around that big change because I, I, I tell people unapologetically, I'm going to change the world, period. That is, I, I, I'm not afraid to say. And you I don't are one of the guys, okay. I'm afraid to, you know, like I, I'm, that's, who, that's where I'm at, you know, and I tell my staff that, and I know they look at me pretty listen, if that's not who you are, maybe you're not at the right place because we got to believe as a collective that we can do this together. It's not just going to be one of us. And the way we make that sort of, uh, I'll say that change resonate is by doing the good work and really branching out to the communities that need it the most. You know, I think that's, it's, it's, it's almost mind boggling that, you know, you, you go to the well-off communities and those are where the best services tend to be, you know, it's because of the income and being able to bring those services in and somebody at a certain level of education wanting to work with a certain population. So you have, you're literally looking for other special people to work with mm-hmm. people who have skills and, and have knowledge but understand that it's part of their responsibility to give that to others and help others as they get it and that just can't look that just can't just look like us quite frankly that needs to look like everybody and we all need to kind of be brought together with that same understanding and at the core of that understanding for me is that every child deserves for sure, love for sure for sure yeah and deserves to, be able to feel that for sure, for sure and for sure. i think being able to get all those people, all people to recognize that point and to build from there seems like that for me. And and this is kind of taking time to get there. You know, I started in different places, but eventually it got to let's, let's look at the children, you know, but everybody should be able to care about that. Let's look at really what a child needs. Everybody should be able to recognize a child needs love. So if everybody can agree on that, then let's start looking at it from the standpoint of, well, if those children look different, should we treat them different? No, they all deserve love. They all, you know, and kind of really going through that whole um, dynamic that children run into as they get older, where you know they're treated differently, they're impacting things, and so that's it. it it's it's yes, I've worked to create something that would inspire a swelling people and maybe help give them hope, such that they could do their part. Because I can't do it alone. Nobody does it alone. It's it's a collective but it's building that collective mindset and getting us to work together. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So excited about the time we've shared today, Lorenzo. If you would share your websites, um, we're going to wrap up here. All right, sure. Um, If you want more information about the Thrive Network, that's 
thrivenetwork.com on Facebook. We're at Where Kids Thrive. That's the Thrive Network page. On Instagram, we're Where Kids Thrive, the Thrive Network. And on Twitter, we're at My Thrive Network. Now, for American Training Center, we're at American Training Center on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And um, if you're interested in TikTok, we're on there as well under AM Training Center 2, and we have gone viral. So that's been very exciting for us as well. Yay. Kudos to you, Lorenzo. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Um, It was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Awesome. This show was brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes. We do debt restructuring. And we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit we can restructure your debt and if you're a real estate investor i would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets 757-932-0177 that's 757-932-0177 stay with us online at black wall street today on facebook and black wall street today on instagram and then follow us on twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. 